Hi, I'm Tony. I'm Patrick. Welcome to Cave the Cross Apologetics, where we are working our way through Scott Christensen's book, What About Evil, right? And um, <clears throat> we're still in chapter six, where he is working through various versions of the greater good defense for the problem of evil. You know, we call that the problem of evil is how can a good God allow for evil, right? And la the previous chapter, he talked about the, you know, the, um, the, the logical problem of evil. And therefore, you, you know, you, he looked at, you know, how can evil exist with God? And he talks about um, there that, uh, you know, the... Um, the, um, so it's not the greater good defense. It was the uh, free will and free natural. Will. Thank you. Yeah, the yeah. free will, the free will mm -hmm. uh, defense. Right. So now he's looking at the greater will, uh, the greater good defense, and we've looked at several versions of this. We're going to look at one last version of this here, mm -hmm. and, and then he's going to talk briefly about um, hell. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and we'll see here that even this last version really doesn't capture everything that he wants this to capture. And so uh, this none of these are his particular version, uh -huh. but he uses this basic idea of the greater good defense to help, um, you know, uh, in terms of defeat this argument from evil. Yeah, I, I think going through these different theodicies, too. Um, he, he's always been good to say, um, that not, not any one of them is completely wrong, mm -hmm. that there are, there are good things to go to. Even, even the free will defense has certain aspects, which he would say, yes, he agrees to, but the, the, the scope or the amount of free will, um, he would uh, disagree to, or the natural law, he would say, uh, you know, ha having a, a, a natural course of events that we can be sure of is, something that he would agree to it's revealed in the character and nature of who God is and that's how he operates. And so, um, he would agree to that, but whether or not, you know, the, the, it's necessary for evil to exist in the world so that we can, we're able to, um, uh, be confident that things go on. That doesn't seem to be the case because we have counter counter arguments to that right. as well. So, right. so none of these are fully, I completely disagree with this. There's, there's no redeeming factor to this whatsoever. <laughs> Um, uh, but, but, uh, but th there are still importances that we need to, to cover because, um, these have been brought up before. As well. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So this last one here is what he calls the divine judgment defense, mm -hmm. right? So this again is a version of the greater good defense, right? So, uh, he says that there's a nagging question about the greater good defense and it's uh, foregoing kin, <laughs> thus far explored, right, all of its various relatives here that we've looked at. He says, it's easy to see that much of the greater good that proceeds from evil has benefit for us. And this was raised a bit last time, right? Mm -hmm. So it's benefited for the believer, but what about Makes those... Makes my soul strong. That's right. <laughs> what about those who... Um, who do not know God, right? Those whom God has not chosen to be recipients of any apparently greater goods, especially the extremely valuable good of redemption. What about mm -hmm. those folks, right? He says most will uh, tread a, you know, darkened path to eternal destruction, right? That's what uh, the broad road is in Matthew chapter 7, right? Okay. So where's the good in this, right? So that's the issue that he wants to, to deal with here, right? right? So that which is good must be defined by wider parameters than those set by distorted expectations that place a premium on universal 
maximum bliss for the human race at all costs. So uh, many live with this uh, kind of fatal belief that God's love obliges him to overlook our supposed uh, periodicals and and, and human foibles. He's just, oh, it's just a minor thing. We, we, we blaspheme God's name once it, it, it you know, it doesn't really matter that much. <laughs> right. Oh, are, are you, are you, you know, a, 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 such a small person, God, that, that you took offense to this. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. <laughs> this common perception works, especially hard to avoid an important response to evil, the retributive justice of God. Right. So, so part of evil is that God is, um, you know, is exercising his justice, right? That's the, that's the issue. And he suggests that people tend to overlook that, right? Because, you know, I'm not that bad. <laughs> right. It is not what that bad. they say. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> I'm not saying that, but I'm not, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so, so everyone has this idea of like, oh, okay. So I, I J rock across the street and I'm thrown into jail for, for infinity number of years. Is, is that just, yeah. uh, but and that's what he's going to deal with here, right? Yeah. But you're also you you also don't want a god who you have a serial killer that that murders and eats children for for <laughs> you know forty victims and that that guy, that that judge to go. We all make mistakes, you know. He's yeah. not that bad, right. and right. and just moves on. We would say no, that's an unjust judge. So so is are we saying that we we need something in the middle? Who's who's the Who's the, 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 the judge of the judge then? <laughs> you know, judges all the way down. <laughs> so this common perception uh, works especially hard to avoid an important response to evil, the retributive justice of God. We said we might call this response the divine judgment defense. Mm. Its premise is simple. The prevailing evil in the world, along with its uh, consequent suffering, is just divine punishment. It's the, the, the thing that happens because of those, the, those things happen extended to perpetuators of evil. The good that emerges here is focused not on human happiness, but on the vindication of divine righteousness. So it kind of says, well, what does it do for me? Well, I don't care what it does for you. What does it do for God? It it, it holds his character as being just and righteous there. And that is good. That is important, right? That God we, we reveals want that himself happen, right? yeah, <laughs> like this, right, through this particular right. evil, right? So it's not just, you know, all, you know, sunshine and roses, right? And that's what we should expect. No, if we've done wrong, we should expect justice to happen. If anybody's done wrong, we should expect right. justice to happen. God's ultimate hand of retribution is visited on unrepentant sinners, uh, at the day of judgment, that's when it ultimately happens, when they will incur everlasting punishment, right? So God is glorified not only in salvation and redemption and that sort of thing, but also in damnation as well. Salvation serves to uh, exemplify his grace and mercy as, uh, you know, particular manifestations of his love. Damnation exemplifies his justice as a u- unique manifestation of his White hot righteousness, right? So we have both. We need both, right? That's the who God has revealed Himself as, right? He's loving, yes. He's gracious and merciful, yes. But He's also just, right? I think too, like even if you don't believe in God, this is the type of response that I think you would want. And it's just this idea of the you know the old George Carlin bit of like uh, everyone who goes faster. Uh, uh, then you on the highway is a maniac, but anyone who goes slower than you is crazy. And so <laughs> you have the right speed. And uh, yeah, you 
want to have kind of the self-preservation. I, I want to be on the good side of things. You know, if, 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 uh, my, if I have a standard where, uh, the, my good things outweigh my bad things, I, I, I think that should get me over the line, but I think everyone has that, <laughs> has that desire to, to put themselves like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I created the Holocaust, but I do a lot of good things for the arts. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know how you, how you'd measure those things, but, yeah. but yeah. I, I think everyone ultimately you you kind of want to judge that that has that and and so uh the 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 qualities of god that we're putting forth that scripture provides that's 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 the 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 two sides of things that we we see that we would want to to have revealed he doesn't have to give us mercy and we'll we'll get in that a little bit here soon but that he does is amazing and the fact that he doesn't just forgive everybody is also good because it, it's there's there's a standard there. There's a, a quality aspect to God where He shows both a mercy and a justice. Right. So so the so the question is why is there evil in the world? And the, this answer is because God is just and He's punishing right folks for what they have done, the mm-hmm. violation of His standards and that sort of thing. And so it reveals His righteousness uh, and His justice. Right. But can the divine judgment defense give a comprehensive answer to why evil exists in the first place and why it persists at every turn in so many ways? Nope. Right. So it can, <laughs> it can explain why, you know, evil is taking place at, in terms of it's, it's a judgment of mm-hmm. God, right? But the first thing to happen, right, that, that caused it, it does, the first evil that came in the world that caused it, it doesn't seem to be able to explain. Right. So evil, evil is happening because God is, is judging. But, you know, he, um, you know, the beginning of it, the start of it, right, that wasn't a judgment unless you're going to say that Adam, uh, that God judged Adam before he did evil. Before he judged him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so, uh, so the, the, um, it's the... Uh, Whatever begins to exist has a cause. So, what's the first cause? What's the first evil cause? Yeah, that needs yeah. to exist. Right, right. So, first, while it is true that the general presence of moral and natural evil forms part of the curse resulting from Adam's disobedience, right in Genesis three, not all manifestations of evil are the result of specific infractions of God's moral law, and we see this especially in Job. Mm. Why, did, mm. why did all these bad things happen to Job? Three friends come along and say, "Job, you must have done something That's evil. Right. Evil, evil, evil. Uh, you know, <laughs> why, why? Why do you continue to to bless God, curse God, and 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 go, join me in my house of of?" Sticks. Uh, uh, that's but, what his wife said. Yeah, that's, but Job says no. I, 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 I would, I would love it for someone to come along and tell me that I've done something wrong, so that I can ask for forgiveness and and and, and make amends and and uh, have God deal with me justly. But I, I didn't. So why is this happening? So that's what um, seems to be the issue here. Mm-hmm. Think of a man born blind in uh, John nine. Jesus said. It was not that the man, this man sinned or even his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Mm-hmm. So again, kind of that aspect of why, why did this happen? So that God can show that he's a just judge and merciful. Right, right. Secondly, uh, while the divine judgment defense certainly explains why evil should uh, be punished once it occurs, it cannot justify the existence of evil in the first place. And this is what the point we were trying to get at just, just a bit ago. 
He says, we must confer with Paul Helm, who states that it is perfectly consistent with God's justice that no moral evil at all be permitted uh, in this world to start with, right? right? Nothing demands that God uh, permit evil just so that he can display his justice, right? So there are uh, uh, objections to a divine retribution here. So he says, yet there are those who object or reject altogether the divine retribution associated with the divine justice defense. One objection is that it undermines the love and goodness of God. It change, it charges God with failing to be in kind of this equal opportunity employer of <laughs> extending his love and mercy and compassion and justice uh, to some, but not to others. But God is not obligated to love all people equally and in the same way, just as we are not. I, so, so, I don't yeah, love so, my wife in the same yeah. way that I love other women, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't love my children uh, uh, in the same way that I love other kids, but there they are. And then you know, we, we, we have different um, capacities of this love, and there's a reason that we have so many different versions of, of what we mean when we say love. Now, other languages do better, and they have different words for those those things, but... But uh, but when we talk about an obligation to to love people here, uh, he he it doesn't seem like anything's placing a, a burden on God to, to love everyone exactly the same way or deal with them exactly the same. Right, right. Yeah. And so God is not required to show mercy. Right. Otherwise, you know, if he was required to show mercy, that wouldn't be mercy. Right. That would be justice, right? right? Exactly. If he was required to do it. <laughs> I, I demand that you pay me a fee. Oh, you paid me a fee? You're free to go. Yeah. I've given you mercy. That's no, right. that, that was the deal. That yeah. was the requirement. <laughs> he says justice involves obligations to the demands of righteousness, right? So obviously um, <laughs> a, a, a requirement would be justice. God is obligated, he says, by his own righteousness to be just. Right. Mercy, however, is that which is freely chosen, Uh, though mercy is part of the uh, intrinsic character of God. He is under no moral obligation to extend his mercy to anybody. And he does so freely, you know, in his own discretion. And and, and the New Testament authors uh, understand and know this. Paul says that it's by grace that we're saved. It's a free gift of God. Lest anyone should boast. It's it's freely given by God to those he bestows upon it in Ephesians uh, 1 there. So, you know, Bill Gates or let's say Elon Musk, the richest man in the world at this point. (laughs) Right now. Now, (laughs) Decides to give you a million dollars. Well, I can't say unfair. Unfair. How come he didn't give me a million dollars? Well, it's his million. It's his money. He can do with it whatever he wants, right? right? (laughs) We also see that too with the, the, uh, the different people who are accepting a free days or uh, a, a day's wage for the work that of whenever they come in and the people at the start of the day go, well, why did they get the same amount? I'm able to, to bless who I want to bless with whatever one they agreed to work for this amount for this time. You agreed to work for this amount for this time. Yeah. So, so I, what's your beef, right? <laughs> so again, God is respecter of property rights and, and uh, uh, free use of that property. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> and this brings us to the primary objection that divine retribution faces. Many encounter horrendous evil, excruciating pain, ultimate disaster, and unjustified acts of cruelty. Is not God unjust in allowing such evils to afflict the innocent? Yeah, I mean, here's some people that, you know, they're they're going through this tremendous, you know, ugly situation why you know do they have to do this right right right. they're innocent they haven't done anything or have they or have they (laughs) (laughs) 
But herein lies the problem. No image-bearing creature of God is truly righteous. That's Romans 3. All without exception have fallen short of the standard of the righteousness marked by the glory of God. That's, that, I mean, that's the Christian message. You know, again, we, we uh, assume that God exists. This is his revelation to us, and we're abiding by the principles. And so we're presenting uh, the theotic case of, of uh, evil existing, and we're saying, look, here are people who, uh, who appear to be innocent, but because of Adam's fall, we have all fallen. And because we've all fallen in Adam, we're also not righteous ourselves, even when and it seems of, yeah. like we do a slight thing. Yeah. That, that, that slight uh, um, act of, of wrongness, saying no to our parents or uh, hitting our sibling, that, that's a result of, of that uh, imbued sin to us. Yeah, yeah. So he, he tells us that suffering a tragic fate does nothing to mitigate one's culpability, right, guilt, uh, before God. Just because I've had something, you know, I've gone through this. But, I, you know, so, you know, Hitler, you know, went through a hard life or whatever, <laughs> right. right? Well, yeah, but look what he did, right? He says Holocaust victims will not receive lighter treatment for their sins because they did not deserve the criminal treatment by detestable Nazis, right? They're, they will be treated fairly by God, the God of perfect justice, bearing no greater punishment than, than uh, they incurred by their own moral shortcomings. This means, he tells us, that they can also be assured that their oppressors will be treated as their deeds deserve, right? right? So just because, you know, I went through the Holocaust, uh, that doesn't mean I, I shouldn't be punished now for my own sins mm-hmm. and my own shortcomings, my own rebellion against God, right? No, God's going to be just, right? He's going to be just with you, and he's going to be just with those who took you through that, that horrible situation. Yeah. All sinners, he tells us, will be judged, and all sinners will be judged justly. Some, because of the heinous nature of their sins, will suffer far more than others, and we see this in Luke chapter 10. Therefore, we must conclude, he tells us, that one notable, powerful purpose served by tragedy is this. It is a a sobering call to repentance. Right. All right. And, and and that's what why why is all this evil happening? There must be some reason for it. That that's what we're all asking about in this book. It's what humanity has always been asking for for a long time, and um, many times throughout Scripture, God is pointing explicitly to this. Yes, this is happening because you have not done what is right according to my standard. Repent, believe, turn away. We see this in the Old Testament too. Uh, the 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 Israelites are are, are following after uh, uh, foreign gods uh, against not God Himself, <laughs> and He says, "Listen, if you don't turn away now, you, you will face judgment." And He sends the Assyrians after Him. And then what does He do? He says, "Yes, they put you in bondage and captivity, and they've done evil against you, and they too will be judged." Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. He uses the Assyrians, but He also condemns the Assyrians as well. Yeah. So He's able to utilize the people who have the freedom to inflict the suffering upon the, the, the Israelites. And he says, they know better as well because of who I am. 
and so he punishes them as well. Yeah. So, so there's, you know, uh, and so the the main point here is this: there's nobody that's really innocent, right? right. And so, you know, here's <clears throat> it's like you know the serial killer who says. Yes, but I stubbed my toe, so I shouldn't be punished. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Just because you went through a stubbed toe doesn't mean that you should escape punishment, right? Right. Now, I'm not saying that the Holocaust was like a sub, uh, stubbed toe. What I'm suggest, what I'm, what he's saying here, I think, is that God is just, and He's going to give everybody what they deserve based on what they have done, mm-hmm. right? And so, if all uh, have sin then all will be judged as sinners. Right. And some better, greater than others, but all will be judged as sinners, Mm -hmm. right? And even in trying the serial killer too, it comes out, oh, he was abused by his mother. Oh, well, he was abused by his mother, therefore everything past that, that, that explains it, so he's free to go. Yeah. No, 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 no. He still did wrong. He's responsible for what he did. And yes, she did wrong as well, so... That, that's, that's uh, you know, we we take into account that same predicament in our own just, justice system. All right, well, there's a lingering question, <laughs> and it's the point in time where you can say hell as many times as you want and uh, still be in good standing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there seems to be a problem of hell. It mm. seems to be a, a, a big factor. It's, it's something that uh, if, so, if you so watch the show. So what is the problem of hell? Yeah, <laughs> that's a different book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So one last objection of divine retribution, uh, rebuke justice, must be addressed. Throughout church history, there has been resistance to the doctrine of hell. Mm-hmm. Is everlasting punishment unjust? Finite sins, right? So something that's done one moment in time as committing adultery, stealing a car, killing a neighbor. Yeah, okay. They're serious moral infractions. They they happen in, in a moment, uh, in a moment of rage, in a moment of of weakness, uh, you know, we weren't feeling the best or, uh, you know, I, I didn't think it would, it would end up like this. (laughs) Whoops, my bad. (laughs) But do they demand infinite punishment? Mm. Something that's Mm. finite. Does it demand this infinite punishment? Some earthly evils may demand a long sentence from a civil magistrate, maybe even capital, capital punishment killing the person. But do all collective Earthly transgressions warrant a divine sentence that will never end. Do they warrant the unending infliction of torment that the Bible describes? Mm, mm, Yeah. And so, you know, this is the sticky wicket with regard to the problem of hell, right? It is infinite, it's eternal, and, and this punishment. He says there are several ways to answer this perplexing matter. First, uh, we, uh, fallen, Finite creatures are in no position to determine for God what is just in punishing our own sin, right? Well, you know, you should punish me like this. Well, no. Right? Yeah, no, he determines what, you know, the punishment, right? So we're in no position to do that. He tells us that, obviously, postmodern man is plagued with an exalted view of our own goodness. I'm not that bad. You shouldn't, you know. Uh, we think that sin is not nearly as bad as the Bible asserts it to mm-hmm. be, right? So that's that's the first issue. We are bad. We are sinful. We are in rebellion against God, right? And uh, and we're in no position to tell God what our punishment should be, right? Right. 
Second, we delude ourselves about what constitutes the right response to the incorrigible depths of our own sin. Some, sometimes we just treat it, oh, it's only this. It's That's just right. this right. little thing. I'm not that bad. I, I don't know how you make that determination, but okay. <laughs> and this is what Anselm had in mind long before the self-absorption of postmodernism, that when he indicated that sin offends the infinite honor of the Almighty, and for that reason alone demands everlasting punishment. Right, so... God's infinite honor is what uh, Anselm is suggesting here has been offended, right? I mean, we have virtually shaken our, every time we sin, we shake our fist at God and say, you know, get out of my life. Right. <laughs> right. You know, he I'm gave the, you that life yeah, and sustained yeah, you in that right. life. And, yeah. and so uh, for that reason alone, he tells us that, uh, you know, there should be everlasting punishment. He, uh, he, he talks about Randy uh, Alcorn here and he says, that he brings this point a, a little clearer. Uh, he quotes some scripture, nowhere teaches infinite punishment, right? Rather, it teaches punishment proportionate to the evil committed. Yeah. Right? I think it's too, it, it's because in our collective consciousness, we have Milton in mind for the, the fall of <laughs> mankind, so uh, Paradise Lost, and we always have Dante's Inferno, uh, uh, you know, the, the, um, uh, without sounding too disparaging, the, the Catholic Dante uh, having this idea of you know the seven layers of hell, and also of heaven. No one, no one remembers the, the the second part of Inferno, and so we have this idea of oh, wailing, gnashing teeth, being devoured by demons, uh, uh, you know, the, the killing each other, uh, being tortured, pitchforks, Looney Tunes always depicting you know. Tom and Jerry, or they weren't Looney Tunes, but Tom and Jerry going to, to hell and, and becoming demons and being you know, tortured in whatever <laughs> fashion. So we, we have that kind of still collective consciousness in our mind of, of oh, this is what hell is. Right. But that's, that's not the case. Right, right. And so Acorn here, Alcorn wants us to um, make a distinction, right, between um, eternal and infinite, right? He says the confusion comes in mistaking eternal for infinite. No one will bear in hell an infinite number of offenses. We just, we don't live that long to do that. Right? <laughs> right. Uh, they will, though, bear only the sins that they have committed. So that's the only thing that we'll bear. And so he continues, you know, uh, you know and I like this illustration mm -hmm. here. He says, it, it may take five seconds to murder a child. So does that mean a person should only be punished for five seconds? Right. Right? Crimes committed against an infinitely holy God cannot be paid for in finite measures of time. Right? That's I think, is a very powerful. In other words, the greater the authority here, the greater the, uh, the punishment. Mm -hmm. And we see this, you know, even in our own uh, law, right, in our society. If I lie to you, well, you might get angry, but, you know, not a whole lot you can do unless it's in writing. <laughs> right. If I lie to the police, I can get into more trouble uh, because they have more authority and that sort of thing. If I lie to a grand jury, now I'm really in trouble, right? And so the greater the authority there, the greater the punishment when we do evil. And so that's the point he's trying to make. We have offended an infinite God and we owe, he tells us, uh, an, an infinite punishment. Yeah. Right. And so we can't say, yeah, but, you know, I, I'm not that bad. 
And I, I was trying to think of a, a you a, know, if if I tell the same lie three times, right? I can't say it's not, it's just as bad, but it's who you're offending, right? Right, right. And I was trying to think of of some analogy to to try and and, and do this. So, and all analogies break down, but you know, when we have something on our phone, like a little speck of dust, we we always flick it away. But it's something so small, it's something so little. But once you see it, it we focus right on it. Yeah. That's just a speck of dust or yeah. hair or something. <laughs> and, you know, people make memes where uh, they put a little uh, hair follicle in the picture and you're trying to wipe it away and it, <laughs> it doesn't go away. Or, you know, if you think of, of like a, a perfectly white, like the whitest white uh, um, rug that you've ever laid your eyes on and you, you just flick a, a little speck of paint onto it. Well, oh. Now you've you've made it not the whitest thing in the yeah, in the world. Yeah. You've so, ruined it. Yeah. Actually, it's totally ruined. Right. And so you go out part, there and we let, would think, let, let's right? assume that you can even even get that speck of of, of paint off off the rug. Well, you've just trampled all over the rug to get to that spot, <laughs> and now you have to clean up all your footprints to to get there. And so you know this idea of of oh it's just a little thing, but in comparison to what and and. How how are you you know if 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 you're willing to just flick away a little speck of dust because it's in your peripheral on on your phone, think about what God who is holy who is perfect who has all these qualities that 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 Leibniz um, uh, put forth and said these things are important. Um, how how much more is it when we we revealed in Scripture Romans one that there's no one that doesn't know who God is and. We all have this uh, innate understanding so that we, even in our unbelief, we continue along having a understanding of who God is and how he operates. And that's why he can accurately judge us. But then to just call things little, I understand why people want to do it. And I understand that's, that's part of the human heart, the human condition. It's it's why um, the the serpent was so enticing with it. It's just a little (laughs) thing, Uh, but it, it just, it, and and there are, there's more to read on this and um on the bottom of, of page 146 he has a a a, a lot of further reading here mm, that's that's mm, really yeah. good including yeah. um some stuff from the counterpoint series that that you and I really like on uh, different views of hell and stuff like that more to be said about hell 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 more important <laughs> but let's move on because he only yep. deals with it slightly here. We'll, we'll probably right. This isn't the problem of hell. This That's is right. the problem of evil <laughs> staying on task. So we're trying to move more towards a more faithful theodicy is, is what he wants so, to do. So he Here's su- all the problems. Right. He's suggesting all of these have problems. Right. And so he wants to give us a more faithful one. Right. Yeah. So after surveying these theodicies and defenses, where do we stand? Well, we have no standing. We've, we've, cut, <laughs> we've cut ourselves off. While there is much to comment in the greater goods uh, species of arguments, something is missing. It is difficult to conclude that the staggering ubiquity of evil in the world justifies whatever earthly temporal goods result, even if those goods are substantial. Right. So he says there must be a weight of goodness so great, abounding outward from evil's black core, that this sinister disruption of creation not only is justified, but also pales in comparison, he tells us, to the, to, uh, the other disworldly uh, goods that emanate from it. And so that's what he hopes to put forth as an argument in the coming pages. Uh, he's going to highlight this type of theodicy, right? Marked <laughs> by a deep gravitas, he says, an unearthly weightiness. It is a theodicy that's stems from a greater and grander view of God than is usually proffered, proffered 
by those who feel he is overshadowed by evil. Right. Right? So he's going to suggest that God is so great that even the slightest little thing, uh, which seems a little in our sight, a speck or a drop on a white carpet is, uh, is evil and therefore needs to be dealt with. Right. right. There's way more in this book that we haven't covered or covered to the extent that we have. Uh, links are in the descriptions for both the video and uh, in the audio and on the website, uh, caverthecross.com, where um, you can pick up this book uh, and support the show a little bit uh, through uh, if, if you want to do the whole um, uh, Amazon thing. But it's also on Logos there as well if you like taking notes on your Logos program. Um, so pick up the book and, and read what we haven't covered. So, uh, again, the... the um, Bottom of the page notes are really helpful. There was ones that I even starred in, in there for, for me, for, for my, my yeah. personal notes. And, uh, and he and, has study questions. And study questions and, and key terms and further reading. So, yeah. uh, you know, if, if, uh, if you de- delve deep into the, uh, where you want to go on this, um, he's, he's got a book here for, for you. And even on the other side of things as well um, that, that he puts forth. So join us next time as we uh, kind of move into the second portion of the book where he um, – um, starts making his case for what about evil. Yeah. See you you next time.